As Yancey said, we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments some more today. We started the series last week, and Jeremy talked about not using the Lord's name in vain, being respectful when we reference God. And we're not doing these in order. I'm going to talk about the first command today, which is, you shall have no other gods before me. And this is, this is the first and greatest command. Uh, when you were a kid, think back when you were a child. Did you make the rules in the house? When you were five, did you set your parents down and explain to them what the rules of the house were going to be and how they were going to have to obey these rules that you've come up with? Well, of course not. No one does that. When you were, as long as you were living in your parents' house, they made the rules. And you had to obey their rules. Well, this is God's world. We are guests in His house. And He makes the rules. And we have to live by these rules. You may not believe in the law of gravity but you're going to obey it. And it's the same with God's moral laws. We have to obey his moral laws. He's setting the rules. Now, someone says, well, the Ten Commandments, why are we studying those? I thought they were part of the Old Testament law, and Jesus did away with that on the cross, the New Testament. Well, if you read in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, it says that... uh, no one, no one was ever justified by the deeds of the law. But through the law is the knowledge of sin. You see, the people of the Old Testament needed to be convicted of sin. And brethren, we need to be convicted of sin today. The purpose of the law is to convict us of sin. And that's what it's always been. That's been always been its purposes. So that we will turn away from sin and follow Jesus and seek after Jesus because he's the only way to deal with sin. He's the only way to get rid of sin. Well, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. This means no other types of gods, no other kinds of gods, no other... God, period. You know, uh, it's very similar to the second command, which is, you should not make any idols, no, no idols before me. And Brother Matt's going to talk about that. I believe that the difference between the first and second command is the first command talks about who we should worship, and the second command talks about how we should worship So we're going to focus on who we should worship today. You know, God is very clear that nothing is to become, is to be before Him, between you and God. He is to be first in your life. And we shouldn't try to change that by coming up with other gods. So everyone, everyone knows that God exists. Did you know that? Everyone knows. 
So what about people who say they don't believe in God? They're not telling the truth. I don't believe them. You know why? Because of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You can't say, well, I just didn't know that God existed. You know. Everyone knows. If I was to say, you know... We were standing out here on an empty empty lot and thinking, you know, this would be a good place for a building. And all of a sudden this building appeared out of nothing. No one would believe me. No one would believe you if you said that. Well, it's the same with the world, with creation. I don't care how far down you want to go scientifically. Who made the energy? You know, nothing comes from nothing. And everyone knows that. What is created had to be had to come from what has not created. Everyone knows. And yet some have suppressed that knowledge because of sin. They come up with theories to explain away God, come up with other things to worship besides God. They change God into an image that's more appealing to Him because they don't want to obey God. They don't want to obey a righteous God that condemns their sin. And that's why they decide, okay, let's go with something that I, something else. But you can't control God. You can't change who God is. You know, we sing Beautiful songs like Come As You Are and Just As I Am. And those are good songs. As long as you're willing to change. You have to change. You can't expect God to change. God is as He always was and is and always will be the same. He's not going to change. And we can't try to change Him. We have to be conformed to the image of His Son who was conformed to His image. We have to change. What is the worst sin you can commit? What do you think that is? The absolute worst sin you could possibly commit. Would it be breaking the greatest command? Well, Jesus said... The greatest command is this. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. God created you. Everything you have, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, it all belongs to Him. It's all His. And we must acknowledge 
that God is the only true God. We must acknowledge that and we must worship Him accordingly. So how do we do that? How do we obey this first command? The Bible is full of verses. We don't have time to go over all the verses. It talks about how we obey that command. And I think Matt's going to talk about some of those with the second command. But I've got a summary of how we obey this command. The Bible uses these words. And this is how you do it. We obey this command by thinking about God every day. By meditating on Him. By remembering Him. By highly esteeming Him. By honoring Him. Adoring Him. Choosing Him. Loving Him. Desiring Him. Fearing Him. Believing Him. Trusting Him. Hoping in Him. Delighting in Him. Rejoicing in Him. Being zealous for Him. Calling on Him. Thanking Him. Praising Him. Obeying Him. Submitting to Him. Humbling yourself before Him. We must try our very best to please Him in everything we do. And be sorrowful when we know we failed Him. When we've disappointed Him. That's how you obey the first command. That's how you worship our God. Worship is our response to our God. Our God has given us everything. Everything. He even gave us His only Son. What more does God have that He could give us? This is our reply. This is our response to God. Psalms 10 and verse 4 says, The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. You know, it's very easy to break the first command. We do it without even knowing we're doing it sometimes. We get busy with things in this life and we don't think about God as much as we should. We get busy with things and maybe we put God in a box up on a shelf and take Him down and play with Him on Sundays for a while. You know... God needs to be in our lives. He needs to be in our homes. He needs to be in our thoughts every day. There are many ways to break this command. When you love other people more than you love God, you're breaking this command. You know, Jesus 
said he didn't come to this earth to bring peace to this world, but to bring a sword. And sometimes you may have to choose. You may have to choose between friends and family and God. And if you don't choose God, you're breaking this command. You can't love other people more than God. You can't love your wife, your spouse, your children, anyone more than God. When you value the opinion of others more than the opinion of God, you're breaking this command. You know, there's a lot of really good Christian commentary out there on the Bible and on Christian living. And there's a lot of good inspirational writings by Christians. Good stuff. But if any of it contradicts the Bible, it's worth it's worth it's it's worse than worthless. It's bad for you. You know, nothing compares to the pure milk of the Word of God. And you need to compare that with everything else. And no one's opinion is worth more than the opinion of God. And don't esteem others' opinion higher than God's word. When you admire or imitate others more than you imitate God, you're breaking this command. You know, it's easy to have heroes. And especially when you're we're young, it's easy to admire and look up to people who have special abilities or great talents. My hero was Grizzly Adams. I wanted to live up in a mountain with a bear and live off the land. And I thought that was the greatest guy there was. Now I heard him swearing on TV once. You know, people fall. People make mistakes. People fail. Why not admire God? Try to imitate Jesus. Talk about some abilities. God will never fail. Never. He never, ever fails. Admire Him. Don't admire and try to imitate other people so much. When you desire money or pleasure more than God, when you desire things more than you desire to please God, you're breaking these commands. Your work is important and we all have to earn a living. But Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. You have to make a choice. And when you love yourself more than you love God, you're breaking this command. You know, it's easy to become self-centered and to think about ourselves way too much. And that's so easy to do. And when we are consumed with thinking about ourselves, we're not thinking about God, we're not thinking about other people. And the remedy of that is to try to think about other people more. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water to the least of these, my brethren, you're giving it to me. So we do for other people 
because we're doing it for God. And that's how we keep this command. Make sure we're not worshiping ourselves. Determine that you're going to think about other people's needs more than yourself. You know, Jesus kept all the commandments. He kept the first commandment. For sure. He kept them all. We know that He kept the first commandment. He proved it on the cross when He gave His mind, His soul, His heart, and all His strength for you. Because God asked him to. He kept that command. How much of your heart, your soul, your strength are you giving to him? Is he first in your life or is something else? If God came to you today and, and... told you, I'll tell you what, I will give you anything you want. Just name it. What do you want? I'll give you anything. What would you say? How would you reply to that? Would you be greedy and ask for three more things? Maybe the life of a loved one. You know, God asked that to a man. He asked King Solomon what he wanted. Just ask. King Solomon was such a righteous man. He was, he was such a righteous man. He was so concerned about doing what God wanted and caring about what God wanted that all he said he wanted, please God give me wisdom so that I can lead your people well. God gave him wisdom. The Bible says he was the wisest man that ever lived. But Solomon lusted after women. And he began to accumulate wives. He married a wife almost every other week, it seemed. Now he had a thousand wives. Can you imagine? A thousand wives? Well, the thing is, Solomon wasn't that picky about the faith that these wives had. I mean, he didn't seem to care whether they worshiped God or not. He'll marry them anyway. And a lot of them didn't. A lot of them worshiped statues and cattle, idols, all sorts of things. And over time, Solomon began to worship these things with his wives. The Bible says when he was old, his heart turned away from God. And he stopped following the Lord his God. It's like it's like trying to climb a rope. And there's this treasure at the top. It contains everything you ever wanted. And you're climbing this rope. And it's hard, but you want the treasure. And you're about halfway there and you see another rope over here. And it's got a cake attached to it. And you like cake. And so you reach out and you grab a piece of the cake 
and you let go of the rope and you slip and you fall and you lose it all. Hold on to the Lord. Hold on tightly and don't let go. Don't let go because of a piece of cake from a thing, something that's worthless in this world that's going to be destroyed. You can't serve two masters, Jesus said, because eventually you're going to love one and hate the other. And one of the best ways to keep the commandments of God is to be around people who are keeping the commandments of God. Surround yourself with godly people. Hold on to them tight and don't let them go. You might say, well, I'll be with this person, but I will change them. I will change them and they'll, they'll become, you know. It's possible. You might, you might change them. But isn't it just as likely they will change you? Remember King Solomon. How wise he was. How he was changed. Hold on to godly people in your life. Long ago there was <clears throat> there was a poor immigrant family who came to America. And the mother, there was a mom and dad and then two little kids. There were two little ones. The mother died, leaving the father to raise these two little kids all by himself. And he got a job in a factory and he worked hard to give them a place to live and food. And it was long hours and they didn't pay him very much, but he worked hard and he would always look forward to getting home to seeing the children and he would it was a long walk but he would walk extra fast when he walked home because they would come to him at the door when they saw him and say Papa's home and they would run and they would hug his neck and they would sit down in the big chair and that father would tell them about his day and about the, the machines, the big machines and the people that worked in the factory and the things he did. They were wide-eyed as they listened. And then they would tell him about their day, about all the things they did and all the children. They would tell him about all the things the other children had, the toys and fancy things. The father felt kind of bad that they were so poor he couldn't give his children toys like the other children had. And so he started saving a penny every week from work. He would set aside this penny and over time he finally had enough to buy them this toy like the other children had. And he wrapped it up and some brown paper and a bow and he brought it home and hid it. When he brought it out to them they were so excited when they saw the toy like the other kids had. And they were so thrilled. They kissed him and 
hugged him and they played and he was he was happy. He was able to give them that toy. And the next day he came home from work, opened the door, and there were no children. And we're looking for them and they were in the back room playing with the toy. And they didn't really have time to stop and talk to Dad because they were in the middle of playing. The same thing happened next week and the next and the next. And the father sat in his chair alone and wept when he realized that the affection that these children had for him, the zeal was now for this toy, this thing that he had bought. You know, your Father in Heaven loves you more than any father ever loved a child. He adores you. And he has given you everything. He has given you so many good things. Don't let the gift become more important than the giver of the gifts. Spend time with God in prayer. Spend time with Him in His Word, in reading His Word. That way you know that you're worshiping God and not some something you made up. Get to know Him better. Be close to Him. Think about Him. Do those things that we have up on the screen. Do them every day. Because when you break the first command, you're going to break the second. Man was made to worship something. That's how you create. You were created. You're going to worship something. The question is, are you worshiping God or Satan? Are you worshiping God or pleasure or things? Are you worshiping God or yourself? You were created to worship God, and I hope that's what you're doing. And I hope you will continue to do that. Seek, seek Him. Seek Him in your life every day. That's all I have this morning. If you would like the prayers of the church, if you would like us to pray for you, to encourage you, to study with you, strengthen you, we're going to sing a song of invitation now. Please come forward, sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.